Welcome to A Competitive Couple, a podcast where we cover great games to play on your tabletop as a twosome. I'm Charlotte Collins and with me is Jamie Chad. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. Because we are recording in the evening. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said good evening. I mean, generally, if it was AM, I'd say good morning. Possibly a good noon if it was between 12 and 1, that sort of time. I'm, I'm pretty sure but on a previous episode you have said good noon. Good noon. And, but this time I plan for good evening because it is about half nine, so... So, yeah. it's been a long a long while since our last podcast. Uh, it, it has been. I'm surprised technology's not moved on. I thought we'd be on holograms by now, but apparently podcasts are still a thing. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, since our last podcast, uh, we, we went wild glamping, didn't we? We did go wild glamping. Yes. That was interesting. In, in Hastings, or near Hastings, rather, and took lots of games with us, so... Yeah. That was good, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that later on. Yeah, we took more games um, than we did food, so, I mean, that was useful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as, as good board gamers should, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've also had a birthday since we last recorded, which seems ages ago now, but... Uh, yeah, that came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. Jeez. No, so I know, It was sorry. like, it's suddenly you had a birthday. Surprise. Like, what? Yeah, I know. I turned... Uh, oh my god, I, for a second I couldn't remember how old I am. How old am I? Um, you're around 46, I yes, think. Yes, that, that is my age. That's what I wrote uh, on your card, wasn't it? 26. 20. 26. Oh, right. Just a couple of uh, decades out there. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I had a birthday and received game. Received game? <laughs> that sounds weird. That sounds like weird. Uh, in a pie? or. <laughs> I received a wonderful game from Jamie, yeah. which we will be talking about. And I also treated myself to a couple of games. So that was that was good as well, wasn't it? It was um, a very gamey, gamey month. It was, it was. And then unfortunately we couldn't record at the end of the, the month, could we, in June? No, no, no. All the podcast recorders went on strike and we just couldn't record that month. So or Jamie, Jamie's face just expanded into a, a big old... I was a bit little. Yeah, Jamie was very unwell, but thankfully he is back to his normal self. Praise be. Praise be. Also, I had an exciting thing yesterday, didn't I? I won some tickets, didn't I? You did. Woohoo! From a Tabletop Gaming magazine. And I entered their competition for tickets to Tabletop Gaming Live, which is coming up in September, and happened to win a pair of tickets, which is great. So we will be there Can't on wait. September the 29th at the yes. old Alley Pally. Yeah, so um, yeah, let us know if you're going to be there. We'll be like, yo. We will, we will say yo. <laughs> we might say yo. We might blank you. Like if you're one of the few that listen to our podcast and say, hi, I listened to your podcast and heard you're going to be here. I might go, yo. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, on with the uh, podcast, I think. As per usual, we like to talk about our sort of first impressions of games that we've been playing this last month or so. Jamie, do you want to start us off? So last time we recorded the podcast, we were fresh off playing a few games at our local game cafe place. And one of the games we played was Century Spice Road, which was like that card spicy trading game. Um, and this time we recently played Century Eastern Wonders, which is like the new version, um, the second one of this three-part gaming trilogy from Plan B Games. And this one, again, is all about collecting some spices, making those spices into other spices, delivering those spices to corners of the world where they really want spices but only in certain quantities for victory points. <laughs> and I, for one, think it's a much better game, which means you don't even need to worry about the first game that came out, because I think this is a pretty cracky game all by itself. Um, what did you think? I infinitely preferred it to Spice Road, which I didn't really get on with very well. My brain just... I mean, I don't know if I was just having a bad day when I played Spice Road, because I just couldn't get my head round kind of 
the cards and the set collecting and it just I found it harder to kind of plan out what I wanted to do whereas I think the um kind of set collecting mechanic works a lot better in this method of kind of traveling through tiles I can visualize what I want to do a lot better and do it and yeah the theme comes out a lot better in Eastern Wonders so in Spice Road it's very much a mechanics game with some kind of weird art of spicy traders on it whether this one you're actually you've got a little boat and there's island tiles and you've got to go to different islands get different spices and do different actions you've got to put down your like trading posts on those islands to do that stuff then you're sailing across to a port and then you've got to deliver the spices. And it's great. And it, the game opens up a lot as well because the more trading you can... You, it's not all just about the spices. Like the first game, you can kind of catch up through different ways. You can build more trading posts and get richer points that way or get other bonuses for yourself, like bigger cargo holds and things like that. It just it's, it's a better game and I don't think you need to even worry about the first game if you're deciding between the two. You can combine the two in a weird sort of expansion type thing, yeah, which we didn't from, play. Yeah, it's from Santa to see, um, um, but we haven't tried that, have we? we but I think it'll be worth trying it at one point. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I really like Eastern Wonders. I think it's a fun little, easy. I mean, again, the rules are what like two sides of A five, dead simple to play. Um, nice colours, nice art, nice components. T- t- I mean, if I had more than two thumbs, I'd give it more than two thumbs up. But I've only got the two. They've only given me the two thumbs. So it gets two thumbs up from me. Whether it's one will probably add to our collection. I can kind of see myself buying it down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is that good a game that you would want it because it's quite easy to bust out. It's a four-player game. Literally takes five minutes well to learn. Plays well with two as well yep. from what um, we've experienced of it. And yeah, I thought it was just really, really solid. One of the other awesome games we've been playing this month awesome, awesome yeah. uh, is um, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which was very kindly given to me for my birthday. Surprise! Yeah, by Jamie, so wonderful. It is an amazing deduction game in my opinion uh, i have fallen very much head over heels in love with it it first came out in um 1981 i believe but i think we've got the most recent space cowboys version of the game yeah. in sherlock holmes consulting detective you're presented with a mystery to solve and you must follow various leads to trace the threads of evidence across victorian london interviewing suspects and scouring the newspaper for clues in order to solve the case I mean, basically, you have this beautiful, detailed newspaper page that goes with each case. But you may find that the newspapers that came with the the previous cases also have vital details that might be relevant to the case you're working on. You also have a director of contacts and this great big map of London. So when you want to follow a lead, you look up the reference number in the case book and read the lead. When you think you solved the case, you try and answer the question posed to you and you earn points for each correct answer. The goal is to try and solve the case in fewer leads than Sherlock Holmes, uh, which is... (laughs) impossible and it's the one thing i think some people kind of criticize about the game that it's like well it's impossible number one it's kind of impossible to do that because sometimes it could take you like 20 25 leads if you're really bad like we are and sherlock will solve it in four but i think most people also think well you're not getting the most out of the game if you literally put it down play it do it in four leads you're like ah i've won but then you've not kind of really seen the best that that case has to offer because there's so many little details and stuff that ultimately it's kind of worth ignoring that element of the scoring element and just sort of playing and enjoying yourself and going and exploring things across the map. Yeah. And I love it. 
I think it's a game that kind of works well at a one to two player count because I think it it would be a good solo game you could sit down and sort of do in the course of an evening but I also think it's that perfect kind of couples game almost a good two player game where you can literally just over the course of an evening follow through the threads and I mean it's kept us going for hours hasn't it I think that first case we were doing it for something like ridiculous like four hours but that was because we were really sucking at picking up on the the motive in that case we weren't great Uh, (laughs) but um, so far we've played the first two cases so we can't really speak about the the game as a whole quite yet but yeah we've got on I think we've got on really well with the first two cases it's just, just great fun just to sit there and puzzle through it and it's a game that's certainly been on my radar it was kind of the first video actually I watched from shut up and sit down and it's still probably one of my favorites because I think what Quinn says about the game is so true like there's moments where you're literally just like okay we've got to try and figure this out and he explains like you could be laying out on the floor and just trying to like plot it out and we almost had a moment like that didn't we where you were like pacing you're like all right okay i'm just gonna walk (laughs) go for a walk and like try and the kitchen you paste the the kitchen and paste the hallway you ate some pretzels did they help uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's good. They did. Important crime-solving yeah. pretzels. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't express just how much I love it. I don't think I've actually got a real valid criticism apart from the whole just ignoring the whole how many leads you do it in. Is there anything you wanted to add on it? Yeah, no, it's a brilliant game. And you're right, it's like this amazingness, like frustratingness because you actually really care and about the characters in the cases and you really want to solve it. And I'll be drawing up the, well, fake drawings of those cork boards, Evan police rooms where they're linking people yeah. to different places and you're writing down descriptions about everyone and you're just trying to just crack the case. It's, it's wonderful. And yeah, with the oh, newspaper and yeah. the map and the directory, it's just it all comes together and just, it's, yeah, brilliant, like, mechanics-wise, thematic-wise. Yeah, you'll be taking pages and pages of notes, won't you, and, like, connecting up, like, all the different relationships, like, mapping it out on your page yeah. and writing down every single detail, no matter how tiny, like, oh, it's got to be important somehow. I know I can understand that's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, this game is probably some people's, like, nightmare game. But I think for us, it's spot on. Yeah, it? it's brilliant. It's yeah. a wonderful game, so thank you. Legacy of Dragonhold is a new game in our collection, it's a fantasy flight game. It was released last year, designed by the wonderful Nikki Valenz. It's probably best described kind of as a storytelling RPG style adventure game where there's no dice, no board. You, you create a character with their own set of skills, motivations, a backstory. In our game, I I play as a cat folk brawler called Kira. And uh, who is your character, Jamie? I'm a Dawnsmore elf called Dartharadon Theoris. Wonderful, wonderful. He's 742 years old. Is he? Oh, I, I don't remember that sort of detail. Oh, no, I remember I I have two different colour eyes and yep. I'm grey and fluffy yeah. with some scars and stuff. So like a I'm, a bit, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm not actually that fluffy. I'm probably more a bit mangy than I am fluffy. <laughs> mangy I, yeah, I'm a, yeah, a brawler. So I'm a bit uh, rough around the uh, edges, aren't I? But basically, yeah, there's one... Uh, massive main quest book. I mean, it's seriously thick, isn't it? I mean, it's not quite like Argos catalogue, but it's... No, more like, yeah, Wilkinson's catalogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, there's the quest book for Dragonholt Village, and then you get six other different quest books as well. And it plays rather like a choose-your-own-adventure. You'll read a passage, usually be presented with a choice, and some choices then are only available if a player has a certain skill. So let's say you come across a pair of bickering goblins. Among the choices available to you, you could try and sneak past them, but only if you've got stealth as one of your listed skills. But what I think makes this game like really unique is uh, what's called the Oracle System. 
um, where as you play, you mark story points in your tracking sheet, which can affect the decisions and events available to you in your game, which I think <laughs> it makes me think of Telltale games, Telltale video games, where, you know, the idea of your kind of your narrative choices you make have an effect on the game and perhaps with those games they don't really actually have much of an effect overall whereas I think here they really do they they have an effect on the kind of choice like a genuine effect on the choices they make too and I'm excited because uh, again we haven't played the full thing we've done about halfway, halfway through. through but I, I'm really excited to see where it it goes and to see what some of our decisions have kind of an effect on the end because it has multiple endings as well yep. so I'm excited to see where we end up and also with games like this as well, it makes me excited to replay it because I'm really excited to have a go and play it all again and make some different choices. So it's exciting. Uh, speaking of which, I do question how replayable it might be kind of in the long term once you've kind of explored all the different kind of Yeah, it would depend. Like if, stories. I mean, if you're replaying with a different group, then probably fine. But yeah. the two of us going through again. But then, uh, and when I was thinking of that, it's actually quite similar in some ways then to a video game. The story's not going to change in that or a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just come back to it a lot later down the line. It's a very unique, unique game. I mean, it's hard to talk about <laughs> because... Spoilers, and I still find that fascinating. The idea that you can have spoilers with board games is not something I would have ever contemplated back when yeah. we first started the hobby, but here yeah. we are. And also because we are only kind of halfway through. What I will say is one to six players can play, but again, much like in the vein of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, I think this is yet another game that really kind of excels one to two players. Because we obviously play it two yeah. players. And the way it works is you have like an activation token that you kind of flip over once you made a choice. So it kind of leaves the other person free to have a go at making the choices. But I think obviously it's kind of designed really, isn't it? One player. And I imagine it's a very good solo gaming experience. Yep. But I think it works really well with two. Mm-hmm. It does, you? yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. I've, I've spoken for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, probably the last big game that we've added to our collection recently is uh, Robinson Crusoe, which originarily released in 2012 when New Edition came out, I think, last year, which is the one we picked up. It's a cooperative worker placement type survival type game with uh, a bunch of different scenarios. And it's bastard hard. It really is. A, it's a difficult old game, this. Yeah. Um, it, it sees you, say in the base scenario, your goal is to basically survive 12 months, build a big fire, and survive. <laughs> and we haven't accomplished that in two goes. No. Oh, God, well, this is a hard game. Um, so the the main game, I mean, you each have a character, you have two little worker placement counters each you, you put out on various tasks... Um, that can be gathering food and wood. That can be building a roof or walls or a weapon. It can be building other items or inventing other items. Um, dealing with threats that just come out of nowhere and try and screw you. <laughs> um, it can be hunting animals for more food and stuff like that. It can be exploring new tiles and new parts of the island to get new resources and new terrains and other new inventions. There's, there's a lot you can do and there probably is more of a strategy there than we, we've used and I think a lot of fun is kind of working out that puzzle and where oh, yeah, you should definitely. do it and a lot of the fun is going should two of us go and do this action which means it's a success or should one of us go and do it which means we've got to roll some dice and it's down to the luck of the dice and it's quite exciting to get that sort of risk reward thing and then cards come at you at a quick rate and 
mess all that up. <laughs> They're never good. <laughs> yeah, they're always a pain in the ass, aren't they? With the exception of the treasure cards, mostly. I mean... I mean, we came across the first not-so-good treasure card, didn't we, in the... Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Good things, no, we can't have good things. It's a good game. Well, credit where credit's due. It's a very good game. It's very well-designed. Components are good. The rulebook is good and bad in the fact that it explains everything in detail, but whenever you have to look up a rule... I honestly don't know where to look in the rule book because it's huge. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's a good rule book, but because I think Fantasy Flight they do really well with their rule books, where you have like a little separate book that's kind of like a very much a reference yep. thing. And although this one kind of has almost like a glossary, like kind of defining most of the different kind of uh, cards or icons you'll see in the yep. game. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're a bit like, well, hang on, what happens if this happens but this and we haven't got this or doing this and then you're kind of taking a moment to go, oh, a step back. And I and I think it's an element of, yes, we've only played three games of it. So that's bound to happen. I think it takes obviously a while to learn a new game and maybe we're being a little harsh in that respect. But yeah. It's maybe. Just... And so it is, at the base, it's a good game. It just depends on your level of how you enjoy difficulty versus enjoyment yeah this i find there's a very fine line with co-op games between oh this is a great puzzle i'm really enjoying this you know we've managed to defeat the game it was really good fun we had good fun this is wonderful like you want it to be a challenge you don't you don't want it to be like a breeze you want it to still have that edge to it that you feel like you've won you know a good feeling from having won and you've won together that's great but sometimes I think that with co-op games, if they're too hard, then it becomes a bit of a, a slog of, well, what is the point? We're not going to do it. You know you're not going to do it. Yeah. And I think Eldritch can occasionally veer towards that, but I, I kind of feel like it's a more enjoyable losing experience in Eldritch. It's kind of, it's cute. You can see the humour in that. You can go, oh, damn it, we've got a dark pact and everything's going shit and I've got to kill this other character. And you kind of laugh at your misery, whereas... I think with Robinson Crusoe, I find it hard to be like, oh, oh, okay, we've we've lost and we're dead. That's it. Cool, it took longer to set up than it did to play. Yeah. And yeah, so I think Eldritch was our direct... Com- and it's not the same sort of theme, but Eldritch is a very similar game where you get random quest cards and stuff thrown up at you. Bad stuff is happening almost every turn. But you don't mind using Eldritch because it tells a much better story when you've got a large array of cast of characters and you're doing mysteries and there's a, there's a monster that kind of the same sort of things, you know, Cthulhu's a bastard because there's lots of quests at sea and things like that. That's great. And there's mysteries build up and the story. Our games of Robinson Crusoe, I, there's not been one great moment where I'm like, oh, remember that awesome time where the chef, the cook character, you know, went and rolled for the food and they got the food and we had that food for that turn and it all looked good. No. It, I, it doesn't, it, I don't recall that. And it is limited, especially two players. There's only four characters in the box. The instructions tell you to toss one of those away for only playing with two players. So we've only got three characters to play with for all these scenarios. It's like you can get you can get screwed over by a pandemic, yeah. can't you? you? Go, yes. Oh, what happened? We lost pandemic, but it was amazing because you know Europe was really bad, and then we but we were doing something else over here. Then you swooped in with six actions and used this card, and you self Paris Again, was great. Yeah, yeah. I think co-op games kind of thrive on those moments where you're like, yeah. oh, brainwave this is how we do it and because you think oh no we can't do it we can't do it but you have that amazing idea that makes you go oh my god if we go here we do this we do this yeah. we've we've done it we've we, you know we've won or it's it's a really great idea and yeah i struggle yeah. with maybe we're just really bad at we, we might just be really bad we might just our be strategy might, we've bad. already said we haven't really used hunting very much hunting you no. a lot of food we haven't really done that 
we probably lack of the strategy but for me it just doesn't quite have that spark that those other games do the excitement no. it's not very cinematic you go oh I'm going to go build a rope I need to roll dice because I'm going alone I roll dice oh a bee stung me I yeah. get two wounds I think... now morale goes down like I said it's, it's a good game but it's just it doesn't quite excite you in the ways that no I'm our other games have so there's a few more cinematic scenarios in there. There's like the volcano yes. island and there's the cursed island bit of the, that's on the box that we haven't done yet. And hopefully that might bring some of that excitement to it because I, I was kind oh, of expecting absolutely. at the moment, all oh, right, let's go out and hunt an animal. And yes, we can kill it and bring back all this meat and we can feed ourselves tonight. It doesn't even feel like that in this game really so far. No, but maybe, but maybe that's probably why. Because we seem to, every game we've played so far, we've had a trouble, a bit of trouble with food and, you know, starving to death basically every game we've kind of starved to death or jamie's been lost outside the camp and then starved to death but certainly it's brutal in terms of the health track thing and again maybe we're just terrible at it it's, because maybe we're not healing enough but there's no opportunity. i know i get it it's going to be hard but it's one that i'm sure we'll be revisiting and down the line you'll probably find out our final decision on it whether we've kept it and are having fun with it <laughs> or if we've binned it <laughs> yes yeah it's gonna go one of those two ways yeah i mean okay so out of all those games favorite um out of those four it's probably going to be consulting detective by uh a long way it's just it's phenomenal yes i just agreed i mean yeah i I was gonna say close second maybe century eastern wonders but now i think about it i'm also really loving legacy of dragonheart so (laughs) basically all of them except robinson crusoe surprise surprise (laughs) any games that you kind of want to try out coming up soon uh, well, I'm going to be purchasing uh, on payday this month Terraforming Mars because we're going to get that to the table. Um, fancy buying a big meter game. It's been a while since I've really bought a board game, I think. I think yes. you've been steadily supplying them uh, <laughs> into the flat. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be picking up Terraforming Mars, I think, this month. I'm, ex- I'm very play. excited to play that. It's an interesting theme, and I think, like you say, it'd be nice to play a nice meaty, yep. kind of heavier Engine game building, yep. than we often play. Yep. I also really want to try out John Cart. After a recommendation from the game table, it would be fun to try out maybe a dexterity game. It would try and be, see yeah. if we can find that at a local wargaming cafe. I think we crossing. should have a day out where we put like junk art and then like flip ships yes. and then like the flicky shoot 'em up one. Flick 'em up. Okay, flick 'em up. Yes. Close. Yeah. We should have a dexterity day. Dexterity day. I love it. That. Let's do it. <laughs> I think most of all for me, I'm just really excited to play more Sherlock Holmes and Legacy of Dragonhold, and it's yep. actually kind of hard pacing myself, certainly with Sherlock Holmes, and not just getting through <laughs> all ten cases in one go. Because yep. once you've played them, you can't play them. Yeah, again. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey ho. Okay, so take a brief interlude from talking about lots of games before we talk about more games. More games. More games. Um, by playing our little regular feature. Dun dun yeah. dun. Gardable Gamer. Yeah, that's it. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to play a little game. Jamie is going to tell me about three games. I have to try and work out which is real and which is fake. Uh, last month, I failed again. Here's a little clip of what went down. The titles are Eggs, Schnapp Diversed, which is Catch the Sausage, or The Big Fat Tomato Game. Oh my God, where do I even begin with those games? I know. I'm going to say number two. You've gone for Schnapp to first. Yes. The actual fake game is eggs. Is it actually? <laughs> the one you never suspected. <laughs> Why does this always happen? <laughs> I never suspect the one there. Oh. Oh. So the score is 2-0 so far. So last time it was kind of themed around food. 
Is there a theme this time? There's kind of a theme this time. Um, It based off the Robinson Crusoe uh, game that we did play, where it was about raising kids. Oh. So I went, oh, let's find some parenting board games. Oh, God. Okay. Um, As it is, there's very few parenting board games. But there are some about, like, animal parents. Oh, okay. Kind of, in a way. I like animals. So I've got three animal-slash-parenting-themed board games... Right. Um, two of which are real, one of which is false. And okay. you, to win, you have to guess the false one. To win? One. What do I win? <laughs> uh, you just win a point. Yeah, actually, that's, that's value to me. That is so. the point. That is the point. Um, so off we go. So game number one, Puppy Parade. Aww. When Lady the Labrador fell pregnant, who'd have thought she'd have so many puppies? In this card drafting game for both kids and parents, each player does their bit by looking out for three to five puppies each taking care of their needs and ensuring they are groomed to the highest standard. After the final round of grooming, the puppies go on parade and score points in various categories. Most points wins. Oh my gosh. Game one, puppy parade. Oh, I love it already. Game two is Ducklings, a heart-wrenching co-op tabletop game where you must work with a partner to waddle your three fragile ducklings to safety. As a game where two duck parents from two families choose to either work together or against one another to keep their three duckling children safe. It simulates what life is like as a parent when the world is out to get you. <laughs> that's oh. ducklings. I mean, if you've, if you've come up with that one, then that's deep. That's very deep. As deep as the other games I come up with. Eggs. Yeah. Game number three. Daddy cool. Oh no, the polar bear cubs got all splotched up with paint while they were helping the Inuits to paint their igloos. <laughs> Needless to say, Daddy cool isn't thrilled when he sees his bunch of bear cubs. What we need is some soap and water, he says, and sets off with his cubs on the way to the wash tub. The first player to reach the wash tub with his bear cub is the winner. Oh my god. So there we have Puppy Parade. That's a lot of information to take in about those three. So... Ducklings and Daddy Cool. <laughs> I really want you to have come up with You're Daddy on Cool. The clock. Like, oh my god, am I? Oh no. Um, um, not ten, there's no clock, but. Sorry, briefly remind me Puppy Parade. Puppy Parade. Ducklings and Daddy Cool. No, no, I meant like Puppy Parade is Puppy the... Parade. Um, so everyone has like cards of like various dogs, and then you can add like items to them, and groom them, and their styles and stuff. And then you get points after was it six rounds? Something like that. after the final round, you then get points in various categories like foofiest hair and things like that. Hmm. 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 Once again, hmm. I just get so lost in the fact that these games sound amazing, and I just really want to play them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every time. It's amazing, Every right? time. <laughs> I think. Which one is the, the false fake? One? Is the puppy parade one? Puppy parade. Is that your final answer? Yes. You're correct. Yes. Oh my gosh! I finally got one right. You finally got one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just made me think of Community and the puppy parade. Ah uh, yes. It and did, I didn't yeah it? sorry we both love Community yeah it just made me think it's of that and it made me it? think yeah especially when you said something about floofiest. <laughs> real category in puppy parade. There's a real category in puppy parade. Floofiest, floofiest hair. hair. <laughs> I've never actually seen an actual puppy parade that's been like you know marked or graded before as well. So I mean not that I've yeah. ever seen a puppy parade. Who am I kidding? It's like craft book for smaller dogs. I love it and yeah. I think there should be. And I, hair. honestly, I wish. There were more puppy parades, and I wish there was that game, Puppy Parade. <laughs> but yeah, the other, so the other two then. I mean, Ducklings is apparently a well-renowned game. Um, is it apparently, it's quite recent. Wow. Um, Daddy called like 2004, but I think Ducklings is like last year or two. Oh, wonderful! Oh, I have to look for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful! Cool. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, I finally got one you point. Did. Oh, that feels good. 
<laughs> I was starting to really doubt my own. No, you got that one that time. Skill. I'll have to and, step uh, it up next month. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Before we end the podcast, I thought it'd be good to talk about kind of games and traveling, games on the go, and kind of camping, camping games based on kind of our experience with when we went away on holiday camping. Yep. Uh, what games we took, what worked for us, what didn't. Yeah, I thought seeing as it is the season for holidays, tis the season it for would holidays. be good to kind of talk about. Yep. Talk about that. We took with us, oh my gosh, we took with us Push It, Jaipur, The Mind, Star Realms, Goblin Quest, Exit Pharaoh's Tomb. Is that everything? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think that's everything. I think that's wow. it, yeah. Yeah. Like I say, we packed a lot in our, uh, we did. <laughs> our bags. But we did. Yeah, Exit Pharaoh's Tomb. I think worked really well as a, a good game to take away on holiday. If you don't mind, kind of obviously it's a box that takes up a little bit of space, I suppose. You can recycle it at the end of your holiday because it's yes. all cardboard. It is. And also, I mean, certainly for camping, incredibly atmospheric. Like, it actually scared me a little bit because we were playing it really quite late, weren't we? We were playing it late in the dark oh with our God. little headlamps on our lights. For context, our, our campsite... It was like an eco-friendly kind of campsite. We were in a bell tent. Not any really, any light, to be honest, because um, it's camping. So yeah, we just had the headlamps for light and a really shit wind-up lantern that didn't really work. So we were basically just playing it with our Don't headlamps, questions, yeah. having drunk a little bit of wine. And um, You got scared. I did actually find it quite creepy. <laughs> but it was it was really good, and I think it really heightened the tension. Yep. Let's put it that way, okay. Because we've played the Abandoned Cabin yep. before, and we really enjoyed that one. Yep. Would you say better or worse than Abandoned Cabin? I really liked Ferris Tomb. I think, um, obviously, excavating a Ferris Tomb whilst wearing a headlamp was pretty cool. Yes. Automatic. And yeah, yeah, like I said, I think the, the context of it, was just, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I like For that, there were some good puzzles in it as well. Yeah. That Although I feel like, we had to take more clues. I can't remember. I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, I think we got previously, there. but certainly, I think they're they're almost on a par. I think I slightly preferred abandoned cabin, but yeah, I thought that really worked well. It was a nice, fun activity that took up a bit of time in an evening. Yep, most camping. Nice. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Star Realms? So yeah, Star Realms is by now a very large following game. Um, yeah. It's a two or even with expansions up to six, I think like a deck building game in space where you're basically just buying ships to destroy the other player with nice and simple really comes in a very small box the the, the base game um, plays really quick over in about 10 minutes easy to set up easy to play pretty good game for travelling and camping oh, the one thing I was going to say though that box that it comes in the box is terrible we've got like, terrible. I've got like half you've a like roll of tape on it. yeah <laughs> elastic bands and stuff it's yeah it fell apart like instantly as soon as you opened it pretty yeah. much bleh, fell out I because we played it before once at a board game cafe yeah. and I wasn't wild about it. I, it's not. I, I think there's an element that it's not my kind of preferred theme, yeah. kind of like pew 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 in space kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed it actually, and I think I've warmed to it a whole a whole lot more now because we'd been playing the the digital version of it on your phone, which yeah. I then got really quite into because then obviously it's taking out kind of that. The maths yeah. element, I suppose, to it, which I'm not the strongest at with games. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit slow at that. It is, and it's just a nice filler, yeah. isn't it? Literally yeah. ten minutes, quarter of an hour, easy to set up and stuff like that. It's yeah, very quick to do. Um, I think it's kind of perfect for what it is. Yeah, and I know there's countless expansions you can now get for it, which make it a much much bigger game. 
with loads of different bits. There's co-op. There's a co-op version. There's a six-player version. You can play against like an AI type thing. Um, but I think that little box just does a lot of good for how small it is. We took, I say took Goblin Quest with us. I had it as a PDF on my phone uh, and printed off the sheets that we needed for that. Um, it's, a, it's a tabletop RPG. Uh, it's a GMless comedy one-shot adventure by Grant Howitt. And basically you're responsible for a ragtag bunch of... Uh, are they gnomes? No, goblins. The goblins. Sorry. Excuse me, goblin quest. Yes, not gnome yeah. quest. No. Jesus. Um, yeah, a bunch of goblins that you give names and quirks and they're off on a really kind of daft quest yep. of your choosing and all sorts of mayhem and trouble unfold because basically goblins are pretty useless goblins at anything they try and do. Shit. <laughs> they are. And they die very easily. Um so we I think we had really great fun with this. We we played it, didn't we, uh, on a rainy morning yeah. and it was a great way to sort of pass time because all you need are the, the, the bits of paper, um, some dice, and that's pretty much it in your imagination. And yeah. for people that have don't really play kind of RPG games um, it's kind of a really fun kind of little entry into it because it's kind of a simplified GM-less version that we can play it was, with yeah. two people. But also it worked quite well for travelling because you didn't really need anything more than some paper and the aforementioned dice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking back through some of the... <laughs> some of our uh, characters that we came up with. So basically, yeah, you've got five goblins each that you design and you give them a sort of a name and then they you give them some them some quirks and stuff and they all get like an ancestral heirloom 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 <laughs> and they've all got different defining features about them and you have to try and voice them all differently and keep in character as you go along and the great thing is you, you you pick your quirks or expertise or dreams and things like that just totally whatever you want and then as you go along in the game if that might actually assist you in an action you're doing you kind of get advantage basically advantage for it a bonus for it so um I know one of my characters, the expertise for my f- family of goblins was like cartwheels. And there was one time where I was doing something, I thought, well, you know what? If I did this as a cartwheel, I'd get a bonus for it. So I ended up like in the middle of a battlefield, like cartwheeling over people, and I just rolled extra dust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think you died. <laughs> I did die after, after the end of but the cartwheel. It was very but... amusing. And I think the quest we chose to do, didn't we? We came up with was the plug of legend, yep. which was basically at the heart of the goblin camp, there is a plug. And we asked, what would happen if we removed that plug? And the answer was chaos, and we would resolve that kind of ensuing chaos. Um, do you want to just introduce us to your, your, your goblin clan and how, how they died? Well, yeah, what I was going to say is that maybe we should take it in turns to introduce okay. each of our goblins yeah, and say fun. how they died. So um, the Bobble Tongues, that was it. <laughs> the Bobble Tongues, that's my clan. Um, so the first one was Clevenin, whose uh, defining feature was a lisp. Um, and he died. Um, he was decapitated by his his own sword while cartwheeling. That was, that was Clevin. Impressive. Yep. Clevin. Uh, hi, Clevin. Uh, <laughs> my clutch were the uh, Grim Wrinkles. Um, their expertise was gurning, and their kind of unique quirk, those are all very cross eyed. Uh, all my uh, Bobbertongs uh, had wore top hats as their quirk, and their dreams were being hoarders. Uh, so goblin number one uh, whose defining feature was a, a squeaky voice um, he burnt to death and was crushed by an air balloon Ooh. that's pretty brutal actually <laughs> I forgot about that 
Um, so uh, we'll mention our ancestral heirlooms as well. Oh, so yes. for the bobble tongues, I had the flannel of opportunity. <laughs> I forgot about the flannel of opportunity. That is a really great drawing as well. It is, yeah. Nice what square. Was, what was your heirloom? <laughs> Mine was the rather exceptional toothpick. Rather which actually did come in useful, actually. Yeah, so um, so bobble tongue number two was called Clevnon. His defining feature was he had no nose. Um, and he died. He drowned in an alcohol river after the hobgoblin punched him. Grim wrinkle number two uh, is Giblet. And he's always hungry. But yeah, he uh, he passed away, sadly, uh, when his uh, arm came off when he was trying to pull the plug out. And he sort of oh, yeah. bled to death. <laughs> Bobble tongue number three was Clovnan. Um, he was a heavy smoker. Um, and he was stabbed by a wizard chef. Oh. Well, that's a bit more brutal than I remember. <laughs> it was brutal, wasn't it? Oh, He was stabbed Cl- by wizard chef. Poor Clev... No? Clovnan. Clovnan, sorry. Yeah. Goblin number three on my, my clan was Scrawk. Uh, whose defining feature was his pessimism. Um, he, he fell off of Clethnon's shoulders while celebrating a victory. Yeah. So the one bit of joy he got from his life and he died. So. Um, Bobble, tongue, Bobble Tongue number four was Kilclevoon, who was scared of heights. Um, and he fell down from two steps in the wizard kitchen. Grimwrinkle number four uh, was Oblong, whose uh, defining feature was that he is unusually wide for a goblin. And he was hit in the head with a soup spoon by the wizard intern chef. <laughs> Which, out of context... This was a very dramatic scene in the wizard kitchen, wasn't it? It was, it was. Um, the final bobble tongue was Kinclade. Um, he, he was a dopey sort. Um, see, he says hello by licking faces. Um, and how he died was that Kilclevoon died. He came onto the scene and said hello to the wizard by licking his face. And then was smoted. That was my favourite because he literally, he just arrived and was like, hello, lit, <laughs> dead. That was it. Literally. Like, it was the worst like, dice roll like I've ever seen in my life. just two hits and he yeah, died. Yeah, he just literally like, died oh. straight away. It was a disaster. That was it. We had, we had a bit of trouble in the uh, the wizard kitchen, didn't we? Like, we did literally, we got through so many. Because as my last goblin died, uh, Blarney, his name was, who had very sharp teeth, um... He fell into the soup kitchen fire probably shortly <laughs> after uh, yeah. King Clay passed away. And yeah, that, was, that was all of our goblins, so we failed, actually, Who overall. thought the boss level we... would have been the wizard kitchen? But that's how it ended. It was good fun, and I, I'm just reading back through those again. We have to play that again soon. Yeah. But like I say, great travel game, great kind of introduction to RPG gaming, yep. great game for two players. Yep. And also, with Goblin Quest, you get loads kind of variant ones to try out like there's sean bean quest there's um a regency ladies themed one there's a kind of a star trek uh red what are they called red red shirts red shirt yeah there's a star so trek you know red what one i want to pair of those what the regency lady one actually uh, quite cool. yes <laughs> i kind of do maybe we should do that maybe we should even record it see what happens it sounds delightful uh, one thing we didn't mention you had to do silly voices for goblins so yeah, yeah. I'm kind of glad we did not record that playthrough because, no, oh my gosh, that would have been embarrassing. I could do Regency Lady Boys for an hour. Okay, uh, let's pencil <laughs> that in. That's a, that's a date. But yeah, great fun. Great fun. Highly recommend taking that with you on holiday. Have a bit of a laugh. Absolutely. Wonderful. Do you want to talk about the game that everyone is talking about at the moment? The, the Mind. mind. Apparently a love it or you hate it game. Yes. Um, I think it's quite good. It's quite simple. It's basically uh, two to four players. You have cars number one to a hundred, 
um, in your hands, the amount in your hands increases each stage, and you basically just have to put them down on the table in order without anyone saying anything. Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Mind-blowing! <laughs> but hilarious and tense and fun. And fun. And incidentally, great travel game because it takes up hardly any space. You could play it on the train if you wanted. We played it a lot and we won. And we won. We won, won it. We got through all 12 levels, yep. I believe. I, Looking back on it, I think it's kind of telling that we haven't played it since we won it. I kind of yeah. question its longevity. It, it, it as doesn't it, have replay. It's it, a bit, the only replayability it has is playing it with different people. Now looking back on it, because I loved it and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy about this. I'm going to share it with all my family. And it is a great game to play with kind of friends and family to maybe get them interested and show them how different yep. gaming can be. It's unique and different, but... It's going to stay on our shelf for yeah. when we have new people over yeah, or if we go and see family, because we're not going to play it by ourselves again. I, I, I can't highly doubt. see. I mean, maybe a couple of times, I think, if we kind of in yeah. the future. But it was a good travel game. Could play it by candlelight. Could, uh, yeah, even. Great. Yeah, medium Wonderful. Psychic aspect of it. In terms of other games we took, though, we took Jaipur, but... We took Jaipur, we played didn't it play once. It. Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, we played, oh, we it, played once. it once. Yeah, like, I think it would be a good game to take on your holiday in the right sort of situation. Maybe not camping, because I was worried about... Maybe it's to do with how much I enjoyed the game, but I was worried about um, kind of getting the pieces all dirty. Like, the, the, <laughs> it is a nice The game. tokens and the cards. I didn't want them to it get mucky nice on game, a yeah. camping table. No. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I think I don't know if that we just didn't play it because we just had too many games with us. Yeah, yeah, we we, we hadn't we played it quite a lot and we just had, we hadn't played. Yeah, it we just hadn't played like... it on holiday. The other one being Push It, which we've really enjoyed actually with family and friends it. and stuff. It's a, that's a fun little dexterity game where you're like yeah. it's very much like bowls where you're or uh, what's the one the shuffly shuffly game shuffly shuffle no it's an Olympic sport. Curling, but without curling. the, 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 the Table polishing. Tabletop curling, yeah. Tabletop curling. We used to call it the 2P game at school. Yeah, it's basically that, um, and you're like flicking little pucks towards... The jack. Know, the jack. The jack puck? The jack puck. Jack puck, I, I guess. Um, the master puck, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and great little simple game. Yep. Great to take, it's in a little teeny tiny bag. Yep. Great portable game, probably great pub game, but we just didn't play it on holiday. No, because we didn't. We didn't have a suitable table. Or we no, just, no we <laughs> I really. think it was... Well, yeah, yeah, we couldn't really play it on the kind of camping table. We could have taken it to a pub, I suppose, but... Nah. As much as the way with holidays. But uh, another, what I could foresee as a great little travel game. Yep, absolutely. You know, there's lots of great ones out there, and I think I hear good things about Hive Pocket. Yep. Mr. Jack Pocket's going to be another good yep. one. So I think we're just going to have to book another holiday and take some more games with us. Exactly. See? I think, I think. That, that sounds great. Sounds good to me. In the name of board games. In the name of board games. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that should be it for this month because I feel like yeah. we have talked about a lot of board games and my throat's a little sore. I think it's Sunday. Is it Sunday now? It might be Sunday, Sunday now. Oh. I'm not sure. Let's, I think, wrap it up. For That's the, that. The Don't month. forget to check out our reviews on a competitivecouple.com. We've got a, a, a tweeter. Yes, it's at competitiveduo on Twitter. And on the Instagrams, it's... You said it right. Wonder, wonderful. The wonderful. Is that what the kids say? I knew it. The Instagrams. The Instagrams. On the gram. On the gram. I think it's the word the that, the kid, that the kids use. On the IG. Um, on the what's, our, what's our handle? Uh, the handle is a competitive couple. 
We've recently reached 400 followers, yay. Yeah, so can, can be one of can, the 400. Can, well, can be one of the... One of the 500. 400 plus. 420. I don't know. Yeah. The can be one training. of them and check out our little snaps and pics and visual things. things. Come check out our photos oh on our Instagrams. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Um, I'm clearly a bit tired. Um, <laughs> and if you enjoyed the podcast, click that old subscribe button there and follow yes. us to get your you know, monthly Maybe podcast fix from us. You can leave a little review if you're feeling generous. Yeah. Uh, That's it from us. We'll see you in the end of August on that yes. sweaty, sweaty bank holiday we'll probably be having. Oh, definitely. Sweaty bank oh, holiday. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Lovely. See you then. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. The music in this podcast is all courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomtech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons. The track used in this episode was Oblivion 